Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talk sports, uh, yes we do. Talk sports, uh, it's for you. Play and play, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports. Give us a call, okay? Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up to give you some sports. It's Friday, baby. So give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, shoot us some emails to Today at gmail.com. Tweet at us, Facebook us. We're talking everything, NHL playoffs, the Final Four, NBA playoffs, amazing things happening. We've got the top, we got a segment, top five coaches right now in the NBA. Who's the best? And we've got to talk about Tom Brady and Deflate Gate. Ray, there's so much, but let's start and get this stuff out of the way. Everybody's still talking about it. Roger Goodell is going to hear the appeal from Tom Brady. The Patriots, their rebuttal, we can get into that, maybe a little crazy. I guess my main question is, does anybody really win when you start getting into the lawyers and the slander and the, just the, the foolishness that we've gotten to? What, what, what's going to be enough is enough, and how long do you think Brady will fight this? Or how far? So, to me, the only upside is for Brady if he gets his suspension reduced, which we think he will from four to two, let's say. Or he wants to get it eliminated completely. So that that's that's the only upside for Brady. But the downside is for everybody. The downside is for the league. The downside is for Brady. The downside is for Goodell because what's going to happen, especially if the lawyers get their way, is they're going to get subpoena power, and they're going to subpoena Brady's texts, and they're going to subpoena the records of the NFL. And why did Troy Vincent preside over this and not Roger Goodell? And the interesting part and the ironic part for me is that a lot of people thought that the NFL was soft on the Patriots with Spygate. And the NFL made them destroy the tapes, or the NFL says they destroyed the tapes, so there wouldn't be evidence floating around. So everybody for Which years, helped them. <laughs> exactly, everybody for yeah. years has been saying that the NFL looks out for the Patriots, and that Bob Kraft has a special relationship with Goodell. Now it's ironic that several years later they turn around and they say, "Wait a minute." Now the, it's like the NFL is trying to make an example of the Patriots and Brady, which I'm not sure they are. Uh, so it's just ironic that it's these two players again. But, you know, there's a lot of downside to this, man, especially when you talk about discovery and you talk about lawyers subpoenaing players, NFL executives, the cell phone records. Ugh, nothing good can come out of this. So I think there's actually a lot of downside here. 
Well, and, you know, you, you, you bring up a lot of good points with that, but even worse is once you have a 20,000-word rebuttal and you put in something as foolish, childish, and silly as the reference of the Texas from McNally and Yastrzemski about deflate, being a deflator and deflate referred to weight loss, you kind of lose everybody. You know what I mean? Because no one uses that. No one says that. And it, it just, I don't know, to me, that kind of messes up everything when really they need to just stick to the science. And I think if they can get to federal court, that's going to be where maybe they can win or do something is with the science. Because science is the only thing that I think could potentially help them Right, because some of the Colts' balls, you know, went down. Obviously, that means the Patriots' balls were already lower because the the Colts' balls did not go below, you know, what it should be. And you know, it's one of these things, Ray, where it's it's like, really, what what are we talking about? So I don't I don't know if the Patriots got penalized too much and Brady got too much, but if you feel like they've already Kind of like you said with spy, you know, with uh, Spygate, been cheating or known as cheaters, didn't you know get hit enough? Then all of this is really fine. And you thought the Patriots would not fight it, they did, and they're fighting it strong. And they had like a whole another month or you know to the end of May to kind of do their rebuttal, and they came back quickly. I don't know. I think at the end of the day, it's going to go down to two or one games. He wants to go to federal court. They've got. Kessler, Jeffrey Kessler is there, and then they tried to rip Ted Wells. He came back out, and, you know, he kind of, people are like, oh, he emoted, and he shouldn't have answered back. And I'm like, well, Ted Wells is like, wait a minute. They are trying to rip my report and my credibility, and Yee, Brady's, uh, Don, uh, Don Yee, Brady's lawyer, was saying some outlandish stuff. So I have no problem with Wells coming back. I just think the whole thing is getting to be a mess. And it's going to get worse, not better. I think Brady should have – it should have stopped a long time ago as far as Brady, you know. Because let me ask you this. Why – if they're not – if they didn't do anything wrong, then why did the Patriots, not the NFL, why did the Patriots suspend or fire uh, – suspend their two um, equipment guys, and McNally and Yastrzemski? Well, ultimately, <laughs> you know, I that, think – that's the real question. I think they're gonna. They found those two as the scapegoats, and I think. And, and you say the science, but I think it's it's those two. I think Brady's gonna tell a story that basically says, "I want a soft ball. I want it to be within the legal limits, but I like the ball as soft as possible." And the two equipment These guys two went, went too far. Yeah, rogue. And they wanted to help me out without me even knowing, and they did it below the spec that the NFL requires. I think that's ultimately what Brady's defense is going to be, which is, yes, I wanted a softball, but no, I didn't want to break the rules, and I definitely didn't tell them to break the rules. And you know what? The problem's going to be proving that, right, or, or disproving that. So Brady might have a chance, and I think that his suspension will be reduced, and I think that's why these two guys are going to be the fall guys. The question is, how much money are the Patriots paying them? Because, you know, like the guy said, I didn't go to ESPN yet. And to me, if they're not making money at their jobs, they're getting paid separately 
uh, to me is hush money because then they could go to federal court and they could be like, look, um, under oath, yeah, Brady knew all along. We've been doing it for seasons. It was done in the Ravens game. Did you notice, and this is wild, the Patriots running backs are like, they don't fumble the ball. And then the minute uh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis uh, left the Patriots and went to Cincinnati, um, his fumbles were like, I don't know, increased immediately. So, I, you know, I, who knows, right? I mean, we just, I don't know. We just don't know. But you know what? I know that I don't really want to talk about it anymore. And I think the fans are on, you know, you're either – on the Patriots side, because you're a Patriots fan, but if you're just an NFL fan, you're kind of on what seems plausible, common sense side. And then I think there might be a third side where you're like, you don't like the Patriots, feel like they got enough, got away with so much, and you feel like four games might have been too little, should have been eight games. And I think you and I are sort of in the middle where we were like, ah, two games, one game, that's enough. But not just a fine, right? A fine's not enough. No, I think he should be suspended, but you know he doesn't need to be suspended for a year. Let's not let's not uh, be crazy. Yeah. And I think ultimately a lot of players, coaches, and organizations push the limits in football. It's just they got caught. Well, you know what? You get caught, you got to pay a price. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's as simple as that. And don't tell me other people are doing it. Well, other people didn't get caught. So I hope to not even talk about this anymore. You know, ultimately there will be some kind of arbitration and ultimately there'll be a final ruling and I hope we just put it to bed because enough is enough. Let's talk Let's talk real well, sports right now. Let's speaking talk- of putting it to Back. bed, you said Back. it perfect because last night LeBron James and really Matthew Della, Della, I can't even, Della Vadova, Della Vadova he, yeah. he put the Bulls Pride to of bed. Ray, I mean, that performance and J.R. Smith's three-point shots, Shumpert's play, Mozgov, I called them the Cleveland Knicks. I mean, 94 to 73, Kyrie goes down, and then they go like on a 10 to 12-point run. You got to believe Gasol was looking pretty good that when Kyrie went down, most people thought the Bulls were going to win I mean, what do you make of this? And, and and you said it off air. Is this sort of the goodbye to the Bulls roster and the coach? So I think it is. I think the Bulls will be broken up. Jimmy Butler won't be there next year. Tom Thibodeau won't be there next year. I think Gasol's on a two-year contract, so he'll be there. They yeah. have to figure out how to get that third offensive scorer especially if they get oh. a coach in there that has a little bit of an offensive inclination because Tibbs – is what they got to keep Butler, Ray. If they can afford to, they got to keep him. Uh, I don't know that they can, given all the money they're putting into Noah and Gasol for next year. Well, we got to see how much the cap goes up because it's going to jump a lot in the next two years. So maybe there's a way they can, you know, go do the luxury for one the year. Contract, yeah. I don't know. Maybe um, the problem for them is that they've historically not given out big money deals and for a team that hasn't done that now suddenly you're going to give rose and jimmy butler and then i think uh Taj gibson makes a lot of money off the bench too and noah's making money and gasol's making money so you got that starting five or that starting you know four plus your your six man make make a lot so yeah. you better go up 
significantly for the Bulls to take advantage of that. We'll talk about Tibbs in a sec, but I thought yeah. that I was, you know, I was even more impressed with Cleveland. Some people say the Bulls Very gave impressive. up, but you know what? I think Cleveland just put their foot on their throat, and you could see that even though LeBron was exhausted, he didn't come out of the game. LeBron probably no. told the coach. He was like, don't take me out. We're, we got these almost guys. Almost had a triple-double. <laughs> and almost messed around and got a triple-double. And we'll talk about the next game last night and how oh, yeah. exact opposite happened. But LeBron wanted it. And who would have thought that in a closeout game, LeBron has 15 and Kyrie Irving has six. So together they have 21. And they Amazing. win in a blowout. So Della Vadova, uh, Shumpert, Smith, everybody that was a role player. Tristan Thompson, what amazing game. Tristan Thompson with 17 rebounds. And they say that role players play best at home. Well, these role players played great on the road. And you know what? I think this bodes well for them to win the East. And James Jones woke up, Ray. Don't forget about the vet from the Heat. James Jones hit, what, three three three-pointers? That was huge, too. Yeah. It's unbelievable what what these guys do around LeBron. I mean, he, that's why, yeah. you know, we really need to look at him in even more of a special light than we do already. He has this unique ability of a point guard to make people around him better, of yeah. a scorer to carry his team, and of a, you know, all-around superstar to influence the game on defense, on offense, in transition, playing playing big, playing small. He really is one of a kind. This this guy, I, I can't say enough about him. However he needs to do it, and let's not forget, fifth consecutive Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you know, that probably hasn't been done since, uh, what? Since the Celtics. Bird, maybe Bird, you know, Magic um, and both, you know. I don't know the Sixers guy. Because I don't know if Mike, I don't know if Mike did it. Because he broke it up with uh, the no, three before the three championships, yeah. he didn't make it to the finals those two years prior. So I mean that's that's um, you know listen he's he's in rare air, and I think it's great. It's I, I got to give you props, Kevin Love. It, you know, uh, yeah, because that's what like they need Vegas. for the championship. Yeah, the only the only way that they win potentially is if this Western Conference team comes out beat up. They're beat up themselves, so they're very fortunate that this Eastern Conference Finals isn't going to start on Wednesday, which is weird because it could theoretically have started on Sunday, but they decided to go. Yeah, I think they – yeah, well, you had to kind of open it for, you know, the fact that potentially there could be a Game 7, although Atlanta, they were up 10. I don't know how much they're up now. I mean, you know, they – they, I guess the NBA just wanted no, to spread that out a little now. bit. Oh, it's only one. Washington just Atlanta came back, one. yeah. Yep, 430 John Wall left. and Paul Pierce. First of all, we got to talk just real quick about that game the other night. Hawford was amazing. Pierce was amazing. And he, I love he tells the bench that's the series, you know, and then Hawford gets that hustle play tip in, um, you know, to win it. But – you know, this game could go. I, I really believe the Wizards are going to, you know, win this game. But the way the Hawks have been playing and Millsap was going crazy, you just felt. And the Haw- and the, and remember, the, I mean, Pierce, it took him to, like, what, second quarter to get his first hoop. 
he was playing not you know not so good and it was just all John Wall leading the way where you know Atlanta was really doing their thing but I want to talk to you about last night because this was a heroic comeback they went on a 24 to 2 run no James Harden um, basically, they finished out, and without him, they, I think it was like 40 to 15. Corey Brewer scores, what, 13, 15 points in the fourth quarter. The Rockets shoot Chris Paul and his opportunity to get to the Western Conference Finals for the first time ever in the foot, and then we got a Game 7 in Houston. Kevin McHale did a great job. I am blown away, Ray, by the 119-107 win and the way they did it and then how they did it with Harden on the bench. I mean, what do you make of this going back to Houston? Are the Clippers done mentally, or will they just bounce right back, no problem? I think they'll bounce back. I think Doc Rivers is the perfect coach who's been there before. He's had the ups and downs as a player. He's had the ups and downs with the Lakers in the finals. Injuries, he knows what to tell them. Now, I have right. to admit that it was getting late on the East Coast. So I yeah. used to stay up and watch these games, but I didn't. I went to bed thinking mid-third quarter that the Clipper Clippers it. <laughs> have it. And then I woke up, first thing I did, woke up, checked the scores, and I said, what? Not what? only did Houston <laughs> won, but they blew them out. So like you said, they Man. went on a 24-2 to run, which is almost unbelievable with James Harden on the bench. Because he's their legitimate offensive scorer that everything, even if it, even if he doesn't score, it runs through him. You know, he's the one yeah, that commands the, the double team. So I don't know what Kevin McHale said. I don't know what Dwight Howard said. Well, I don't know what got into Trevor Ariza. But these Josh guys Smith delivered. played big. Josh Smith in the starting lineup last couple days, last couple games. So you know what? We knocked this Houston team. We wrote them off. We said they weren't good enough to advance past the Clippers. But the one thing you got to say that you, you fear is that, will the Clippers have doubt creep back into them? You know what I mean? This is a team that's always fallen short. This is a team that had the talent the last three or four years, but they've always fallen short. Now, is this a situation where do they go home and, and I'm not saying lay an egg, but if if this momentum from the fourth quarter carries on, now I think the, I think the Clippers are going to win, and I still have the Clippers winning the NBA title, beating the beating the Cavs. But I don't know; doubt can creep in at any moment. Well, you know what? I mean, Howard getting 20 and 21 boards is just ridiculous. But again. Chris Paul, 31, 11, and 7 rebound. This guy can't – he can't get a break. In a closeout game, he plays his, his, his mind out. And Blake didn't score in the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter is 40 to 15, and Blake disappears. And oh, I think what he and, – and then he only had, what, like four points in the third quarter because he had like 22 at the half. I mean, that can't happen. And then DeAndre Jordan – you know, people talk about the Bulls breaking up, but if the Clippers lose, people question if Jordan will come back or they'll keep this three together. I think you have to. To me, the the improvement's got to be either in the Reddick spot or in the Matt Barnes spot. And I like Reddick and Crawford as your two guards. You really need a real backup point guard, not Austin Rivers, even though he's played really well. But to me, you can improve on Barnes because Barnes is not a legit – 
small forward offensively. I like the hustle plays and defense, but I think he's getting a little long in the tooth, and I think that's where the Clippers can improve. I do think they're going to win. He gives them some toughness. He's tough. I think that your boy is tough, Chris Paul, but I think other than that, they need Matt Barnes. They need that guy that can be the, the bad cop, you know, because everybody's the good cop on that team. DeAndre Jordan's a nice guy, and Blake Griffin's a nice guy. They need that guy that gets under your skin, that guy that, that Dennis Rodman, that Charles Oakley, that uh, Mason, rest in peace, uh, that guy that just gets under your skin and bothers you and throws you off a little bit. And, and just makes you lose that little bit of edge in the third or fourth quarter. That focus. So, Even a Bruce Bowen type who used to mess keep, with Cat. Yeah, I would love to see them keep him. But I, I hear you. They need another scorer just to take some of the pressure off. And and remember that they lose DeAndre Jordan in close games. So they yeah. need a guy that can either play big or can score and can take some of the pressure off. I think they're going to change this rule, though. And it's so funny because Mikhail's been, you know, a big perpetrator of it. But he said a good thing that it should be no uh, backcourt fouls. It has to be, you know, after four, 14 seconds on the shot clock. And maybe that is something that would change it. It can help with the pace of the game. Um, you know, and some people have said even a limit on fouling an individual player, but that's kind of hard because what if a player just penetrates a lot like LeBron and Harden and stuff? Yeah. So they're going to figure it out. I don't know what it will be. Um, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. So let's let's talk about, though, right now, 89-88, if Wizards can – can hold the Hawks off, who wins game seven in Atlanta? Ooh. And this game's going to finish while we're on the air, so we'll we'll really be able to know about that. Yeah, unless you they know. go to overtime. This Hawks team, to me, is so unpredictable. I mean, yeah, they're a number one seed for a reason, and they earned it. And they were by far the most consistent team in the East. And they deserved everything that they got. Now, I still like Cleveland and Chicago as better teams, talent-wise, because I think in the NBA playoffs especially, it's all about your top three players and then your role players playing a role. So the question is, against this Hawks, against this Wizards team, can they get well, away what, with yeah. their, you know, with, you know with, with the fact that it's they don't Teague. have a star? It's Teague. When he wants to play – I feel like they, they're such a, a strong team, and they can go to Washington and win. And right now he's got, like, what, 25-5. and five. This guy's I balling. But there's, you know, but there's some games, Ray, where, you know, he just – it's like he forgets how to play. And when they go inside more to Hawford and Millsap, I think they're a better team than just having Carroll and Culver and Teague just throw up jumpers. Um, but, you know, look, these guys are battling back and forth. Bradley Beal's really stepped it up, got 29. You know, John Wall's been having a good game. So we'll see. So, look, this is going to wrap up tonight. Do the Warriors finish the Grizzlies or Tony Allen, I think, is going to go for it? Can they find enough at the grindhouse and, and, and slow down? Because the Warriors' offense has gotten hot again, and, and they're back, and Steph Curry and the Splash Brothers – Everybody's looking good. Iguodala, Barnes attacking the rim. But 
can the Grizzlies at home, can Gasol and Randolph get enough touches and they hit some key shots to force a game seven? You know what? I'm going with the home team. I'm going to say that the Memphis Grizzlies and their defense challenges threes, makes Golden State work, and pushes it to game seven. Now, maybe it's because I want to see a game seven. Love game seven. (laughs) Oh, it's the best. We'll talk about that soon in the NHL. (laughs) Yeah, but I do think that Memphis, when they're right, they're a disaster to play against, right? You know, Barkley actually had this, this saying once. I thought that was really good. Barkley and Kenny had a uh, had a back and forth on TNT, and Barkley said something about I think it was the Phoenix Suns at the time, but it was it was one of those teams out west. It's an offensive team, and he said something like, "You know, I loved playing against these guys because even if you lost to them, it wasn't a tough game. You didn't have to really exert yourself, and you really didn't have to play too hard." And you knew that you'd come out of that game with the win or a loss, but it wouldn't affect you in the next game. Now, granted, it's the playoffs, and everybody plays tough, and everybody plays you know t- uh, a strong game. But Memphis is a tough game. You need yeah. to be ready. You need to be ready to grind. You need to be ready to fight. You need to be ready to battle. And Golden State, at times, is so talented offensively that they rise above their competition, and the competition doesn't really affect them. But I think this Memphis team can affect them, especially if Tony Allen's healthy. So I want to see Memphis uh, play their game. And if they do, then I think they push it to game seven. I agree with you, and I want to see that happen. For some reason, I feel like the Warriors are going to win. Um, Warriors! But, I, but I'd love to see Memphis. You know, I'd love to see them do it. Um, I think it's, it's going to be either way you know, you're going to wind up having a great game tonight. This game is going down to the wire. Um, what is it, like 30 seconds left? 30 seconds you know, this to is, go. Atlanta's up four, though, 93-89. They might be closing it out in the nation's capital. Hawks hosting the Cavs. Wow, one versus two. They won two. the series 3-1, <laughs> but that doesn't really matter. No, no. And the funny thing is, I mean, we I joked about it earlier, but, you know, if J.R. Smith is hitting shots and Shumpert's playing defense and Mozgov is rebounding and playing defense and Tristan Thompson, it's like LeBron and the others, they'll have enough time for Kyrie to get healthy, I believe, you know, healthy enough on Wednesday, and they could still win this series without Kevin Love. And that's you know that's really all all they need. I don't think Atlanta has a matchup to really hurt them. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's sort of the the rough spot I think for the Hawks. I don't think they match up so great against you know against Cleveland. So you know it's not yeah, like Culver or Teague is you know going to take advantage of their matchups. Yeah, and I think that if Kevin Love were in this series, I think I'd take Chicago in five. But since Kevin Love is not in the series, I think Chicago is going to be harder. I'm sorry, Cleveland in five. Um, But, yeah, it looks like Atlanta, we'll see. But 30 seconds to go, up four. We'll obviously be talking about this for the next, you know, few episodes. 
Definitely. Well, let's jump to the NHL. I mean, we got the Final Four left. Rangers Lightning. Rangers are hosting that series in the East. And then Blackhawks, Ducks. And you talk about a Game 7, Ray. We saw a classic Rangers um, Capitals Game 7. And I got to say... This guy, uh, Lundqvist, Henrik Lundqvist, is, he might be one of the, the best goalies in, in hockey in the last you know, decade or so. This guy's been amazing. And did you see, I mean, this is sort of a weird thing, but on May 13th, three game sevens, he, he has won in the last three years, all in that day. Oh, really? Yeah, it's all on May 13th. I mean, so that's kind of crazy. I mean, it's just one of those weird, like, anomaly stats. But the Rangers have been good the last three years, and he's, you know, gotten them at least to this point. Obviously, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals last year to lose. But um, it's kind of amazing. What, what were your thoughts? I mean, obviously, there were times where, you know, the Capitals were pushing it. You know, you thought that they could somehow do it. You were looking for, you know, Alex the Great, to to score, maybe to, you know, set up one of his teammates. It just didn't happen. And and, the, and their goalie played great as well. But it was just, you know, hey, that rebound and then, and then the overtime goal. What were your thoughts about uh, Stefan and, and the Rangers win? It's funny because they kept comparing it to Stefan Matteau, who had that big <laughs> yeah. goal against uh, the Devils back in 94, that magical uh, season went off, that? and yeah. only the Knicks could have done it. Madison Square Garden <laughs> just would have been the Mecca more than, even more than it is now to have both of these teams win. Oh, uh, 94 was the magical, Rangers, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting that they win. It takes them seven games to beat the Caps again. I was I was hoping... You know, I got love for the Rangers uh, as growing up as an Islander fan. Not as much love as I got for the Islanders, of course. Yeah. But, you know, I, I really did want to see, as a neutral observer, I really did want to see Alex Ovechkin get to a conference finals and potentially play to get to a Stanley Cup final. But putting that aside, the Rangers, you know, up and down on offense, but Lundqvist has been great. They face a really athletic, fast Tampa Bay Lightning team, and apropos the name, right? Yeah. But yeah. the yeah, and Stamkos and 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 Ryan Callahan. You know, obviously there was that big trade for yeah. San Louis. Yeah. So there'll be some there'll be some scores to settle on both sides. The Lightning have a lot of speed, and the Ranger defense is getting old. And I'm not sure that the Rangers you going with the Lightning. Up with is that the what Lightning. You're going to yeah, go against I'm, the. I'm, I might have to go with the Lightning in seven. I might have to. Oof. And you know, home, you know, home ice not is, not that, is not that valuable in hockey. It's been proven yeah, that it's, you know, of the sports, yeah. it's the least valuable. It's all about your goalie, right? Now, granted, yeah. Henrik Lundqvist is playing as good as it gets, <laughs> but I have a feeling that the speed is what you need. And we'll talk about speed in the other series, too, but I, I think the Lightning. Well, you know what, and I said it before um, that you could wind up having, a, you know, a Tampa, Chicago, and the Lightning Blackhawks. Um, I'm going to go with the Lightning in six. I, I love the Rangers, and I want to ride this wave. 
You know, I'm obviously just like you, an Islander fan as well, but I, I really like this Ranger team. I just think even though, you know, sort of versatility in terms of having, you know, Nash and different scorers, um, I think they they still also have trouble scoring. And I think against Tampa, that's going to hurt them. Because I think Alex, you know, Ovechkin is sort of the main guy for the Capitals, but I feel like Tampa Bay's got three or four guys that can really put it in the net. And like you said, their speed, their defense, pretty good goalie as well. I, I got to go with the Lightning in six, you know. The question is, are you a Duck or a Blackhawk? Well, you know, it's funny because both of these teams have dominated on their way. I think the oh, Ducks are 8-1, and, yeah. and, and, the, and the Blackhawks have lost two games. They're 8-2. and two. And the Blackhawks have all the experience because they have those two Stanley Cups in, in 2010 and 2013. And they have a style. Now, this is going to be a matchup of styles. So so just like in the mm-hmm. finals, we talked about the Rangers being, you know, having the goalie and having kind of an older team and, and Tampa having the speed. So the Ducks are the big physical team that can bang you around and you know, really, it's it's a it's like the Grizzlies, right? It's it's a tough match. You know, lace up your skates, get ready. Whereas the Blackhawks are skill and speed, and and they've got Patrick, aka Big Daddy Kane. So Big Daddy Patrick, this is, yeah. This is your this is your classic. You know, skill. That's gonna be a great series. I, this is seven size. games to me. Yeah. This is seven games all the way. Say it. I, I know you got to go with the Blackhawks. I I'm gotta going go Blackhawks. Black yeah, I got to go. <laughs> and they beat them in the regular season. I think it was two games to one. Listen, the Hawks are still. Uh, I mean, the Wizards are still alive. It would be interesting if the Hawks foul, like most people say. That Barkley always says, "You got to just foul. Don't give them the opportunity. It don't make no sense." Ninety-four, ninety-one. They're up by three. Six seconds left. Right? Is it six? Yeah, six point four. Yeah. It's. Um, I, you can't let Paul Pierce or Bradley Beal hit a three here to send it to overtime. You just can't. I, I would foul them, but a lot of teams don't do it, and we'll see if they get bitten. But so, okay, so we we, we both are going Black Hawks Lightning. That should be fascinating. We'll see how that goes. They don't foul. And is it over? They hit the three? Oh, my gosh, he hit the three. Ray hit the three. Is it good? Oh, my Is there goodness. enough time? He hit the three. You, you said it. You got a foul. Oh, who, who, who just hit? Was that Pierce? Got wow, Ray. I told, See, this is ridiculous. Paul Pierce does it again, right? Was that Pierce? I think it was Pierce. Ladies and gentlemen, who is that? Fading, yeah, that is Pierce. Fading out of bounds off one leg. Amazing. I got to say right now <laughs> that I think he has had the most clutch playoffs. Paul Pierce is the truth, and in we're going to overtime. In a long wow. time. Think about how many that, Think about last uh, game in a defeat, how he hit yes, that clutch three. Hit that shot. That and is Al amazing. If boxed out Al Horford, this series would look totally different. <laughs> Oh, Ray, that is classic. We have overtime. The Wizards have a lot of heart, and they just don't – they're not going anywhere. Woo! I love it. I love it. I love it. 
You know what? Let, let's take a quick break. Let's come back with our segment. Ray and Tay, you know, I mean, obviously the playoffs are on now. We're focused on NBA. We're doing the top five. Let's look at who are the top five coaches right now in the NBA. Ray and Tay. What a shot, Ray. Wow. It's just crazy. That gives me chills. How good is this guy, man? How good is he? And how many years has he been in the league now? Is it like 17, 16 years? Yeah, what did he come in, 97, Uh, 96, 97? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this this guy. By way of Crenshaw. You know, you always wondered, would he have wanted to play for the Lakers, you know? Probably. Maybe sure. never would. Any kid from L.A. Yeah. would love to have played for them. You know, just didn't have that opportunity. Let's talk about these coaches, Ray. I mean, listen, it, 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 it can't just be about rings and winning because the NBA is too, unlike the NFL, the NBA is too controlled by your roster and, and star players. But I think if we worked our way from the top to the bottom, I think, number one, you would have to say that in this NBA, even though he's knocked out, George Popovich with his one, two, three, four, five rings, to me, the way he keeps his team going, their health, their minutes, you know, just all of it, quite, you know, his his coaching, his getting the most and defining roles for players and teams. Would you say Popovich is the best coach in the NBA right now? Oh, I would say there's no doubt. I mean, he's, he's on every dimension, on in-game coaching, on off-the-court off the coaching, on motivating players, on running a system. Development. On yeah. development, everything. I mean, I think there's no doubt. I think once, once you know, some of these coaches that that have once Phil Jackson left, there was no doubt that that Pop is you know not only you know, the best, the best right now. He's an all-time great. He's all. He's got to be all-time yeah, top no. five. Top oh yeah, he's seven, with Phil Riley and um, and Red Arbach, definitely um, up there with uh, the you know he's probably on that Mount Rushmore, the, the top four, right? I mean, that's uh, – you can't really debate yeah, he's that. he's by far. Now, yeah, yeah, he's by far the genius. This is the question, though. When you go to two and three, um, I'd have to go with Doc Rivers and Tom Thibodeau. You could flip the order. I would go, obviously, with Rivers, too, because he's won. He could win again, but I think the way that he's sort of – done it even in Orlando to Boston, the development and relationship of Rondo handling a big three and the veterans and a big three winning right away. Um, And let's be honest, Garnett was already starting to fade. Ray Allen was still very good, not great anymore. Um, I thought that was pretty impressive to me. I would have Rivers as two, um, and I think he's done well with this Clipper team. 
Who would you put it to? You, you, we've got to go with Doc, right? I think I'd go with Doc Rivers, and I think he's my guy. Uh, a lot will be determined this year how far he goes. I think that getting over Atlanta was was a, was getting over the hump. I think he's done well in a lot of different scenarios, right? He did well in Orlando, and then there was a yeah. falling out. He did well in Boston and handled all that talent. He did aging talent, and then he's done well, hopefully for him, if he gets to a finals this year, he'll do well with young talent. So I, I like Doc as number two. The question for me is at number three, because that's where it starts to get interesting, because then you start to say, all right, how do you value rings? How do you value the roster yeah. that they've inherited? How do you value them coaching without superstars? So to me... What do you think about that next group? Now you mentioned a few people, but it's do you... wide open, don't I you know. think? I mean, to me, I mean, look, it's hard to throw someone in there that's in their first season like Steve Kerr. I think that's kind of difficult. We know he had a great season. He's still got to be tested, and he's still got more to prove. You look at Carlisle with his one ring with Dallas. Um, I thought he was great with Indiana and Detroit. I think he's a great coach. Um, and then, you know, I also looked at Tibbs, Thibodeau with the Bulls, but just not getting over that hump. And then Eric Spolstra. And now the problem I have with Spolstra is just the super team and LeBron. And then, you know, now without him, they don't make the playoffs, but they had a ton of injuries. So I think yeah. I always question him a lot. Yeah, he's hard. I'd have to go with Carlisle. I think maybe Carlisle three. Yeah, because of the ring, and especially because nobody expected that team to win. I mean, if you think about it, Dirk Nowitzki's a Hall of Famer, but after that, you had an aging Jason Kidd. You had a a good Jason Jason Terry. You had a role player in. Uh, Tyson Chandler. You had an over-the-hill yeah. Sean Marion. So it's not like he won with, uh, you know, the 86 Celtics or the 88 <laughs> Lakers. I mean, this guy, I, I give him credit. I give him credit, and he kept Dallas competitive. And, yes, he's had Dirk Nowitzki his whole time there, um, but he's also done some things elsewhere. So I, oh, I, I with like Indiana, he was great. Yeah, with Indiana, he was so, great, getting them to a fi- conference finals. If if that's the case, right, and then you had to go four, at some point you have to give Spolster some credit. Spolster and Thibodeau um, are your, probably your two, yeah, uh, your two probably next two. guys. But, see, this is where, but this is where it gets interesting because Stan Van Gundy's back in the NBA. I think he's right. a heck of a coach. Um, you know, didn't do so great with Detroit. Thought they kind of underachieved, but then, you know, did good. And you've got Mike Boonhauser, you know, Coach of the Year, and doing so much with Atlanta in his second season, uh, two playoffs. Um, maybe he's on the rise, him and, and, and Brad Stevens. What about David and Jager I'm, in Memphis? Yeah, Jager, yeah. You know, Scott Brooks got fired, so Jager definitely in Memphis. Um, you know, still kind of young. You gotta like Dwayne Casey. People don't talk about him from Toronto. Um, I think it's definitely Tibbs and Spolstra. I also gotta give Lionel Hollins a lot of credit because remember, he he took he did a lot with that Memphis team, and 
I think what he did this year with the Brooklyn team was pretty good because they had a ton of injuries and not maybe an overrated roster with a lot of age. Um, what about so the ex-players? I, now, Carlisle's an ex-player, but what about Kevin McHale and Jason Kidd? Well, I think those two are on the rise, and I was going to ask Kerr, you about those two and Brad Kerr and Brad Stevens. Yeah, Stevens wasn't a player, but I, and Byron Scott's back. If you look at just ex-players, um, see what he could do. Brian Shaw struggled in Denver. He got let go. Um, but I do like Brad Stevens a lot, Ray. I, I think, and of course, we always respect Flip Saunders. I just think he's sort of that second tier. He's definitely, to me, Flip Saunders is a top ten coach. George we didn't Carl? talk about Mont. Well, he's back. I, you know, I just, I never, Carl to never me Carl is guy? like Doug Collins. You know, him and Doug Collins and Mike Dunleavy, those three were, they're good coaches. But, I, you know, I, I, I think that they get you to a level. They're like I Doug Moe, Dr. Jack Ramsey. <laughs> you, you had to go there, right? Doug, Doug Moe. You like Doug Moe. Oh, man, what did they do? They Oh, they went to uh, ESPN2? They switched the channels on, on this game here? So the Wizards are, are the Wizards up? I know they're going to the Golden State game. So there's still no overtime. So okay, so let's let's say do you want to say Tibbs and then Spoelstra or Spoelstra Tibbs? I'm not watching this on. Wait, did that did that three count? Because I guess it I got must the not ninety four ninety one. The 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 shot yeah, must not have counted. Yeah, they didn't count it. They didn't count it, Ray. Wow. Wow. And we missed it when you know doing the show. It's over. The Hawks. Congratulations. They win the series, and now you got the Grizzlies and Warriors on. To me, I thought it was good, but I guess you know, we obviously didn't get to pay attention to the to the red light. Gosh, that's a killer right there to lose like that. So wow, look, I'm looking you, at you the gotta box be, score. Wait, check this out. I'm looking at the box score. Paul uh, Pierce only had four points. I know. So John that's Wall what I'm had saying. twenty, and Bradley Beal had twenty nine, and Nine, Kevin Serafin yeah. had thirteen off the bench. But that's it. Nene had five. Paul Pierce had four. Martin Gortat well, had two. had a bad series, Ray. Nene wow. had a bad series. He, he played two good games, and then he disappeared. You know what? we ha- we got to mention this. Even though we're, we're, we're going with Tibbs and Spolstra, there's a bunch of guys right on the heels, and we like McHale and Kidd and what they're doing. But how about Jacques Vaughn? Shouldn't have probably got fired, right? Um, but I thought... I thought he was doing a good job in Orlando with a young roster. So it would be interesting to see what Orlando, have they gone uh, permanent with their coach? Or are they still looking? Uh, I think they're still looking. I mean, Yeah, well, I don't know if they hired anybody permanently. James Borrego. Or, you know, so. And David Blatt. Does he does he get to stay, or is he just one and done? I don't know. If, I guess it depends on how LeBron feels, right? I guess it depends on how far they go <laughs> also, because it's hard to – even if yeah. you disagree, I mean, if if you win a championship, what more can you do? I mean, you win it in, in, in fewer games? I mean, I, I think yeah, getting no, to the he finals can, He can't get fired if he wins. Yeah, and, I don't know. think you can. And Not guess only what? that – but who you replace him with? I mean, you know, coaching LeBron is not easy. Yeah. And you know, it's easy and it's not. You know what I mean? It's it's the only guy the, that I could see is Calipari or Mark Jackson. 
I think two guys that LeBron openly has said he respects. And I'll tell you two other guys that I think are going to be okay in the future. I like Jeff Hornacek in Phoenix. He's just got to get the discipline of these players and stop all the techs, like the Morris twins, out of control. But I think Quinn Snyder and Derek Fisher are going to be an upswing with Utah and the Knicks. I really you know, believe that. The, listen, the lottery's Tuesday, Ray, too. Are you, you ready for the, uh, the ping pong? What do you think about Frank Vogel? In I don't. I, I, you know how I feel. Vogel's with Scotty Brooks to me, and I, that's why I told you Scotty Brooks needed to go, and I think Vogel did a great job. I just don't think he's – he deserves a job. I just, I just don't think he's going to get the, enough out of that Indiana team. I think he makes sometimes some decisions – I don't always like his rotations. I, I think sometimes he, you know, I don't think he in game like in game matchups and switches at the half, and then from in a series, I don't think he, you know, um, I'm not liking his strategy. I had issues with him and Scotty Brooks. Right now, I'm impressed with Kevin McHale. I'll tell you that much. And Brad Stevens is off the charts. So it's Pop, Doc, Carlisle, Tibbs, and Spolstra, or Spolstra and Tibbs. Probably go Tibbs and Spolstra. I think Spolster's got to do it without LeBron. He's got to do some more. But Tibbs might be with the Pelicans next year. Do you, do you think he's uh, going? I mean, I feel bad for Monty Williams. Do you think they'll trade him or just fire him? What's going to happen with Tibbs? No, I think they want to get a first-round pick out of him. Ah, so they're going to try nice. as much as they can to get something in return, a la Doc Rivers going to the Clippers. Yeah. But so, everybody knows they want to get rid of him, so I, that'd I be hard. That's the hard part. That'd be hard yeah. to get a first rounder. If you're an rounder. owner, why would you give up a first rounder for, for Tibbs? And here's the thing about Thibodeau, though. He's got a little John Harbaugh in him, which is to say he will grade on you. <laughs> so you better get your four or five years. Run you guys to the ground, right? Yeah, you got about a four or five-year window with him <laughs> until people start to tune out or people start to just get aggravated with his message. Um, you know where he does he, he should go. He should go to an offensive team that's defensively challenged because his teams are typically offensively have trouble. So you want a team that that has some continuity and has some good offensive flow to them, who just needs a little tweaking on defense. I think the Pelicans could be good because you got Anthony Davis, you know, who's sort of there for defense and. You know, but you wonder if Kyle Perry would think about that. Two of his guys, Tariq Evans and Davis, that that would be fascinating as well. You don't know how good. Now, listen, we got the lottery. We'll talk about it more on Monday, but the lottery's Tuesday night. I've been watching the last couple of days this combine. I just want to throw a couple of names at you, Ray, that might wind up surprising people that look like they're, they're ready to, to go step up to the next level. And – you know, everybody knows about the top, and you know, 14 watch them in or 15. Summer too. Oh, we'll listen. Them all the way through combine to L- the draft night. That's to right, summer baby. League. I'm going to break it down for you. Well, listen, you, you know, you wonder about this Cliff Alexander kid. You know, can he be, you know, all his issues off the field, uh, whatever, with Kansas? Can he get it together? Can he sort of get his game back to where he was as a top recruit? That'll be fascinating. Um the Harrison twins, a lot of people are saying they might not even get drafted or second-round picks. They're just not really great shooters, and they don't have the athletic ability that some of these uh, explosive guards are having, like a D'Angelo Russell or even a uh, Jaron Grant. 
you know, is going to be in the first round. I think Tyus Jones, Ray, Tyus Jones from Duke getting the championship. I could see him right there at 18 to the Houston Rockets who need a point guard badly. How does that sound like To me, (laughs) the trailblazer was Trey Burke. So if Trey Burke can do well in Utah and can Mm -hmm. blaze the way for those small point guards, then Tyus Jones has a chance to to do some things. I mean, you look at a Jeff Teague. You look at – I mean, there are still small point guards who are doing some things – and and some of them are not tremendously athletic. Like Derrick Rose is a tremendous athlete. And right, shows right. that you don't have to always be that superstar, gifted, talented, you know, freak of nature a la Russell Westbrook. Um, so yeah, so I think I think Tyus Jones could do some things. And back in the Harrison twins, you know it's funny, they may not be stars. But can't you see them contributing on a team? I mean, you got to think. I can. Their experience at I Kentucky, can. their size, they've got to make an NBA roster, you would think. Yeah, they're both about six, you know, two, two ten, six six, six five. Aaron's six six. I think Andrew might be six five. Some people are saying Aaron will get drafted before Andrew mid-second and, and Andrew maybe later. That'll be interesting. I mean, are not better you know, than Austin Rivers? Ooh, they're slower. I know that. Um, I I like them. I like the whole Kentucky team. <laughs> I think Booker is is probably one of the better shooters in the draft at the at the at the two three spot. You know, you could see a, a Booker. You know, maybe going to a, a Milwaukee. You know, at, at seventeen because they need shooting. Um, you know things like that. I, I, this kid from Arkansas might be a sleeper, Bobby uh, Portis, who's got a lot of talent. Player um, of the year, six ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah. and of course, then you've got uh, what Mickey and Mikey, the LSU guys, who everybody says they're going to be in the second round. I'm, I tell you this, I'm not feeling your boy Kelly Oubre, who didn't really do much this year at Kansas. They said he was going to be X, Y, and Z. And he was barely cute. He was maybe, like, you know yeah, what I mean? I was say, he was maybe X. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get to Y and Z. So, look, we'll talk more about the draft and all that stuff later. I just think it's kind of fun to see these kids. They're just trying to fulfill dreams. And, you know, their agents say don't work out and this and that or whatever. But lottery's coming up Tuesday. Hopefully our Knicks get the number one pick. You know, right now they've got the second worst record, so they can't get worse than five. Uh, Minnesota could potentially get one or four, you know, however that all works out. Um, so we'll see how it happens. The way Ray predicted it, you would think o- Oklahoma City would get the number one pick <laughs> and then Durant would stay around with Westbrook and they'd roll with, oh, my goodness, what if they got Carl uh, uh, Towns? To put Carl Anthony Towns at the four, Cantor at the five, Durant, Westbrook, and Waiters? Whoa. What do you do with Surge? Where's you could Surge? trade Surge, or you could Surge could come off the bench. Could you be that Surge Ibaka off the bench? Wow! I but think they Towns need, is they better. They need that offense too. They need that offense. I mean, that, that's the one team yeah. that potentially could forego, you know, Jalil Okafor's defense for Carl Anthony Towns' offense. No, definitely. I think uh, you know. Look, I think 
Okafor is going to be so dominant, but he can't make free throws, and he's so talented with his feet and hands offensively. He's not a shot blocker. And the Towns, he can play the pick and roll. He can move a little bit better. Um, you know, so, I mean, look, if Minnesota goes one and the Knicks are two, it's going to be Towns and then Okafor. Phil Jackson could always surprise you and go with D'Angelo Russell. Who knows what he's going to do? You know what I mean? Because I think the well, Russell kid might be special. for D'Angelo already. <laughs> he's <laughs> saying that D'Angelo's a player. Uh, Phil, you got to love Phil. You got to love Phil. And you believe the Lakers will probably get a point guard, whether it's uh, Mundelay, Emmanuel Mundelay, the kid that went to China, or Russell. That should be fascinating. So, Ray, I just got to ask you this. Before we end, and it's going to be a great sports weekend, an event is happening. You know, we had the the fight was an event, the derby, that that great Saturday, but the Preakness is here. You know, people don't follow it. It's not as great as the Kentucky Derby, but there's always still that opportunity for the Triple Crown. So you have to kind of tune in. And I know you and I will tune in. We'll see the race, you know, probably starts at like 620 or 630. It's just one of those things you're like, oh, I got to see it. I just got, you know, what are you watching? Two minutes of it. You don't have to watch all the, you know, talk and stuff before. Your boy, uh, ten to one odds for Farrell. I think uh, fifteen to four for Dorthman. Um Mister Z, <laughs> you gotta like that at twenty-five to one. I just want to know: Can we see the Triple Crown continue on? Would Would you put your money on American Farrell? No, I'm going with Dortmund. I'm going with a little upset. Okay. Not that huge of an upset. He was a right, top. Right, right. Uh, he was number three at the Kentucky Derby. And he is second best odds to win right now. And I just have a feeling that Dortmund is going to quell the Triple Crown, you know, hype before it even begins. And American Pharaoh will not be ready to come to Belmont and win himself a Triple Crown. Guess what? I agree with you, but I'm going with Danzig Moon. Fourteen to one odds, and I think Danzig Moon is going to take it. American Farrell will come in third, and Dortmund will come in second, and Mister Z will sort of, uh, you know, be there for for most of the race and then fade off. But so I got Farrell and uh, show place for Dortmund and the win for Danzig Moon. So both of us are. Yeah, man. Listen, sometimes, you know, <laughs> you know, we don't encourage gambling, but, uh, you know, listen, sometimes you got to have some fun. should be a great sports weekend. Keep an eye on, on, on MLB, and, and, you know, we'll get back with it strong next week. You know, the same teams are still leading their divisions, the Royals, the Astros, the Yankees, you know, the the Dodgers, the Cardinals. Yankees-Royals so this weekend is a good series. Yes, right. Hey, you know what I was going to say to you? The Cardinals, this is a great analogy, the St. Louis Cardinals are kind of like the Chicago Blackhawks in hockey. That's the Cardinals in baseball. Do you know what I mean? Seems like they're they're in it to I win it every that. other year or so, you know? And the Dodgers are, you know, still doing their thing. And you're, you, you said it, watch out for those Nats because they're starting to pitch better, 19-17, and they're, what, a game and a half back to the Mets, so... Yeah, that uh, should be a fun weekend. Let's go Yankees. Grizz, Let's get a sweep. The Grizz are not uh, are not doing it. Nah, Golden State came out I hot, twenty seven points the in the first. Warriors are going to do it tonight. Yeah, it looks like out, it right? might happen. They're closing it them out. It might happen. Well, look, have a great sports weekend. 
We got a lot to talk about on Monday, so join us at the end of the, this great weekend. We'll recap yeah. it. We'll preview the next and weekend. We'll start seven. talking about NBA conference finals. We'll talk about NHL conference finals. We'll talk some more baseball. We both got the Brown. Clippers, right, Ray? Game seven. Yeah. We're going Clips. All right. Great show, and um, like always, thanks for listening. Have a great sports weekend. Talking sports with friends. You're not stepping me off with a box, left me off, and my pop left me off, and my mama wasn't home. You're not stepping me off with a box, left me off, and my pop left me off, and my mama wasn't home. You're not stepping me off with a box, left me off, and my pop left me off, and my mama wasn't home. You're not stepping me off with a box, left me off, and my pop left me off, and my mama wasn't home. Yeah, mama wasn't home, but he complete had to just stand on his own. Come on, son, I spit it off the dome, and I want...